David Dunn, and you're listening to Wild Man and Steve. You are about to listen to the intersection of faith, talk, and music. The Wild Man and Steve show starts right now. God wanted more out of me, and the only way that was going to happen would be for me to just um, put 100% of who I was into Christian music. And now, the exciting conclusion of the interview with Rick Kua. Rock, stuff that was strong, that was powerful, that stood up to other things. Um, I didn't even know what Christian music was as a younger musician. I thought it was just a pipe organ in church. But um, when I heard uh, my wife, this is a crazy story, but my wife, Diana, she got saved uh, uh, five years before me. She was saved in um, 72. I was saved in 77. And one day around, maybe around, around that time when I was just newly saved, she had gone to a Phil Keggy concert with a couple of girlfriends and she brought up a record home of Phil's and, you know, I'm playing the new Nightfly by Donald Fagan, you know, all the us cool musicians, you know, and she said, listen to this. And I put it on and I was captured by it. And I, I, I thought it was absolutely unbelievable. And what, what an amazing player. And then after that, my friend Joe English, who uh, we had played with in local bands. He's from Rochester. I'm from Syracuse. We, he had a band called Jam Factory, and he played with my band. And we did gigs together. And he went on to be with um, uh, Paul McCartney and Wings. He was the drummer in Paul McCartney's band. Yeah. And did a record for this label, Refuge Records. And he sent me that record. And it blew me away. It was another first the keggy thing. And then Joe English's record with this great playing and sophisticated music and stuff that really got me excited. And I realized that that's what I wanted to do. It was difficult, guys, in those days because the churches, all of them were not totally on board. You know, I can remember going into a gig wearing a, uh, in the day when you would wear two, sweatshirts the one was all cut up and the other wasn't and i had a red one and a black one on and a couple of women came up to me saying brother you know you're wearing the devil's colors tonight and i would that was one example of the kind of conversations i had to have with people and i looked forward to it to encourage them and tell them what i was doing first of all the devil hasn't created anything, including any colors. You know, everything belongs to the Lord. But I would love encouraging people, telling them why us kind of hard rock musicians would uh, 
play the music we played. Not only do we like it, we loved it, we loved the style, but we were reaching people who that was what was going to capture them so that they could digest the lyric and they could just be touched and moved by the Holy Spirit. Wild man, this is where if you need to slip out, take a break, go grab a coke or something, uh, you're welcome to. Uh, because I'm going to need to continue on with Rick here for about the next, yeah, I don't know, 30, 45 minutes, just myself. Um, welcome Rick, to the Rick, Steve show, folks. Welcome to the Steve. Oh my goodness, you, you you said so much, and and there's actually so many directions I want to go, and I, I'm sure we won't be able to get to all all the things that both of us want to get to uh, in in this one interview, um, but. Something you were talking about just now, and, and you especially were talking about with, with the Joe English album, with the uh, how impressed you were with the musical chops and um, just the quality of the music and the way that reached you and, and touched you. Um, it, it's kind of a yes or no question, and obviously I, we know the answer you're going to give is, is yes here, but don't you think that really is important? That, that the Christian musicians have this just top-of-the-line composition, top-of-the-line execution, uh, top-of-the-line uh, recording, so that, yes, yes, the message, absolutely, it's the gospel, it is Jesus Christ, no question about it. And because of that, it deserves the best possible packaging. Um, yeah. Obviously, you, you think that, but but but... Say a little bit more about that, how important that quality is. You know, the whole idea of excellence is we want to give, first of all, um, I want to say this about any believer that has any level of talent that feels compelled to make their own record or play in a coffee house or play somewhere else, play their Christian music. Um, God has got people that, all that music is for. There's no question. So I, I, I just cannot uh, say enough that it's not you have to be a certain level. You know, it's totally not, totally not that. But talking about excellence, for me, it's so important to give God everything I am capable of giving him um, and surrounding myself 
with, listen, I, I didn't do this alone. I, I started a little post that'll come out at some point where I think I've listed about everybody I've ever worked with to honor them and let everybody know, listen, a lot of times I'll get the accolades, but I did not do this alone. I went out and looked for my friends and always wanted to find writers, co-writers, uh, bandmates that I felt were better than me because they would pull me up. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the way we lived. And we were we were so passionate about everything. The, it, the sonically, it had to be killer. Um, the uh, our covers, our logos, our marketing, everything had to be something that people would think was modern and cool and top shelf. Because who do we who are we representing? The King of Kings, the Creator that created everything, every bit of creativity that you. Steve and Wildman and myself and all of us have comes from Christ. So if that's where it comes from, I don't want to be lazy about it. I don't want to settle. I want to make it as good as it can be. And again, to go back to what I said earlier, whatever level of talent you are, if you're doing it with a heart for the Lord, people need to hear what you've got as well. So I don't want somebody to be discouraged hearing something like this. I just say, it's like the army slogan that I absolutely love. Be all that you can be. Do it for Jesus. Don't be lazy about it. And wherever you land on that imaginary scale of uh, excellence, as long as it's you're giving it your best for Jesus, he will use it. Absolutely, he will use it. Hey, Steve, how you doing? Any projects this summer? Yeah, I um, I think I'm going to do some siding on my house. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why? Is that funny? Remember back when they had aluminum siding? Oh, yeah. Man, that stuff was brutal. I mean, you cut your hand just looking at it. <laughs> Man, it was a good decision when they went with vinyl. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, vinyl. <laughs> and if only we could, we can at girdermusic.com. Go to girdermusic.com today and find the classics you love remastered on CD. And yes, that's right. Dust off that turntable. It's time for vinyl. You will be able to buy three vinyl records, Disciple, Horseshoes, and Hand Grenades, Scars Remain, along with new re-releases by Petra and DeGarmo and Key at girdermusic.com. Um, I'm sorry, what's that, dear? Siding on the house? V vinyl siding? <laughs> no, no, I, I think you misunderstood. Go to girdermusic.com today, and you can get 10% off your entire order 
Just use the code Wildman and Steve, all spelled out with no spaces, and you'll get 10% off your order at girdermusic.com. Again, the code is Wildman and Steve. Are you are you done with your forty five minute rant there, Steve? Is that not even not even close? I'm surprised that you're actually back on the call uh, at all. Um, <laughs> if if I may, if I may, um, you know, you you were talking earlier, Rick, about the anthems, and as you were talking about that, I'm glad that Zoom does not because we as, uh, I don't know if our fans realize this, but we record the interviews via Zoom and. So we're all sitting here looking at each other, but at the same time, the cameras don't pick up super detail. And, and I'm glad of that because as you were talking about that, uh, I, I was getting misty. I, I, I was, I was tearing up a little bit because I remember those days so well. And especially as a, as a young man, um, you know, the, the, the fist pumping anthem again, mm. young believer, you're already fired up, uh, and especially as, as a teen, you know, you kind of got that fire already. And then to hear a song like that uh, and songs like that, uh, we need that so much. And, and I think we still need it, you know, in our 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. We still need those, those, those pump-up anthems. And so I wanted to ask you about that. In terms of the pure evangelistic focus, reaching people who do not know Jesus, and the pump up with an anthem, people who are already believers. And I, and I think that Christian music serves both of those functions. I think that they are both important. How did you see balancing kind of those two purposes uh, with your music? Yeah. Um, it's the, to me, it was marrying um, something that was what we thought cutting edge rock for the day our version of it with a lyric that you couldn't help but know what we were talking about you know uh for us for me in particular most of the stuff if it was talking about a bad bad situation somewhere in the bridge or the third verse or whatever was the turnaround Mm -hmm. well here's what we do about you know, um, and a lot of it was just plain encouragement, you know, um, I can, I will another, another song that, you know, it was, uh, I can, I will, I stand, I do believe I can, I will use the power. I can, I will, I'm a warrior. I'm going to fight for you. I can, I will. And it was those kind of things that made people stand up a little straighter.
always knew when we had something special because people would run up to us after the show with a pad and a paper uh, and a pencil and they'd want to, us to recite the lyrics of a certain chorus. Whether it was young boy, young girl, wear your colors, I can, I will, never give up, um, just a variety of different, can't stand too tall, um, just a variety of different songs. And we just wanted to build a foundation that was solid as a rock for the gospel or anything we sang about that reflected God's word and would encourage people. And that was our, and then we, you know, most every night we would do an altar call. We tell people why we do what we do. This is, and we would set up songs in a certain way to just speak to kids, you know, and, you know, when you're a teen out there, especially, but all ages, like you said, earlier, Steve, you, you were getting a little misty. I mean, I get that way all the time. Every Sunday in church when I'm, whether I'm playing on the worship team or out in the congregation worshiping, I am overcome emotionally most every single week, you know? And for these kids at that age, they have got so much going on in their lives. Mm-hmm. Issues with parents, issues with friends, issues at school, boyfriend a girlfriend i mean you know you know just their self-esteem so we wanted to get them so excited about who jesus is within them that they could go back to school the next day with a little more confidence than than the day before and if it was somebody that didn't know the lord we would tell them about the gospel and we would see him come to the altar and we would pray with them and the local churches, we would make sure beforehand, how are they going to follow up? How are they going to make sure these kids, you know, can take a next step. And um, so it was the marrying, like what your question was, how do you do both? But we had to marry both of those things. And, you know, we were, um, there were times in my ministry career ministry whatever whatever you want to call it where there was a few opportunities to you know sign with a a a manager or somebody that was a little more uh connected in various ways uh and they were all lovely people but i was so concerned that they would want me and us to do it their way that I said, mm, I felt that my antenna to the Lord was the strongest and the longest for what Riku is supposed to do. And so we just, we made sure we did it God's way. And um, yeah, and it, it worked. I mean, we weren't, you know, I've never had a Grammy or a Dove Award. I, got, I think I got nominated once or a gold record in Christendom. You know, it was a big change going from secular music to doing the, uh, you know, the CCM music. But it didn't matter. We just had to do what we were called to do. And it wasn't about that. You know, the only way numbers mean anything to me is 
if it's more, if the if the more the number, the more people get saved. That's I'm all into that. But it's we don't judge our success based on how many records we sold or, you know, we've had a number a number of number ones over the years. But some of the songs that really meant the most were the ones that never saw the light of day, uh, you know, on the radio. But they they touched people along the way. When, you, when you're talking about that, the um, the '80s and '90s, uh, Steve and I have talked about this. Our show is pretty much 90, what, 97 percent focused on the '80s music because that's the era that him and I are from. Yeah. And um, looking back on those days, there's no question in my mind. My personal opinion is that the Christian rock, metal, contemporary Christian music scene really hit a peak during that time and especially when it comes to evangelism and mm. and reaching out because i went to several concerts as as during that time as a high schooler i saw petra and and uh and uh DeGarmo and key and you know you name all the ones that i saw white cross um baron cross um and and as you mentioned earlier everyone had an altar call at the end yeah. Everyone, there was a, always a, um, an evangelistic approach. My question for you is this, is why do you think that Christian music or Christian contemporary rock, metal, whichever, um, got such a bad rap? And what I mean by that, but not, not the bad rap from the church, because we've kind of, we understand that to a certain degree where the church didn't understand it, but from the secular crowd, because I was definitely in the minority in my public high school when I would be wearing a Christian rock t-shirt and I was almost to the point where I was almost pleading with them. If you would just listen to it, you would understand there's some great talent here, but they just blew it off. As soon as they heard all oh, Christian rock, they right away just blew yeah. it off. And then I noticed adults have done that, not just in that era. Why do you think that that happened or maybe, I, maybe continues to happen? Yeah, I think honestly, uh, you know, wild man, I think that a lot of it's Peer pressure. <clears throat> These kids are going to hang with the stuff that their friends think is the cool stuff. And um, a lot of times that's what it is. And, uh, you know, I mean, even today, I mean, our, our grandchildren, their, their age group right now, 11 and 14, and <clears throat> it's all rap. And a lot of it is secular stuff. And, the, you don't you don't want to read what those lyrics are saying, yeah. but, but what cool kids are all about. 
you know, and so um, until the Holy Spirit gets a hold of people to say, no, this is cool. As a matter of fact, it's really cool. Mm. Until that happens, the peer pressure becomes too great. And that doesn't mean that we don't keep pointing kids towards um, good, excellent Christian music, whether it's rap or pop or rock or whatever it is, pop. We keep pointing them there. That's our part, right? But the Holy Spirit will do his part. But that third party, the kid that's listening to something that doesn't want to give uh, the time of day to Christian music mm-hmm. until that kid receives what the Holy Spirit is saying through other people, through the music. We just, we just, we do it anyway. We yeah. keep doing it. Yeah. You know? It's hard to right? I mean, I, I would tell, tell kids all the time when they're getting saved, this is the best, most fun life you can ever live. Mm-hmm. How could you? How can you beat this? You know, it's it's an incredible, exciting, fun life being a Christian. But um, they come in the timing that is meant and ordained for them. Yeah. So you've had a lot of experience um, as a musician and artist, but I also see you've had experience with the uh, executive level of Christian music. Um and promotion and marketing and that type of thing. Where do you think Christian music is heading currently? Or I should say contemporary Christian music. Do you have any sense on what we have to look forward to? Yeah, I, I, think, um, I think it's come a long way. I remember when you know we started making Christian records, um, the world would like when I was in the Outlaws, you know, we'd, we'd spend a half a million dollars easy on a record. I did my first record for 35,000, you know, so we had to make great sounding records. We had to learn how to do that for a lot less money. Um, But if you listen to Christian music today, wow, it's, it's pretty great. It's pretty wonderful. The thing I'm, I get, I am concerned about is that we're not being dictated by radio now we need radio i appreciate radio i love my radio friends and if it wasn't for radio i wouldn't have had a lot of the exposure i had in the early days but a lot of times we as musicians creatively want to do something a certain way but if it doesn't sound like what is popular in the current day on the radio it doesn't get a lot of traction Unless the planets line up, like we said earlier, and something just, wow, it's just a runaway success, you know? So, I mean, my hope is that between the art, the new artists today, that they would do what they're called to do and that radio would be there to embrace that as they have been for years. And we wouldn't all try and homogenize our music towards a certain style that, well, this sounds like radio. This sounds like a worship song. This sounds like a Christian pop song that we would not let the creativity 
And there's creativity, listen, in developing something that's going to work on the radio, but yeah. that we, we wouldn't let that take away something that we feel we need to do that might veer us off a little bit to the side, one side or another. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love my radio friends. I love what they did for me in my in my lifetime. But again, I just want to see the art be 100% created by the musician that has been called to create it. And then people come around that with marketing and radio and promotion. That's that's the main deal. And listen, it can't sound like it's from another planet because nobody's going to get excited about it. But you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, Rick, if you saw that film uh, that came out last year, the, the Jesus Music. Uh, but one of the things that was neat about that, and we had uh, one of the producers on the show uh, several episodes back, but one of the things I thought was neat about that, and, and I hope that this has played out this way, was that it probably introduced a lot of younger people today, maybe even teenagers, uh, to bands they've never heard of, uh, really going as far back in, into the 70s and in the, in the beginning of, uh, really that kind of Jesus music uh, sort of movement. And for them to discover, wow, really, there's such a variety of styles and exactly what you said, some, some wild creativity, yep. uh, both lyrically and, and musically. Uh, and so I'm hoping that that kind of has that effect. And that is one of the things, too, we often talk about the, the pros and the cons with the, the you know, modern way of getting music out there, streaming, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the advantages of that is, hey, if if maybe the more corporate radio isn't going to play my stuff, I do have more avenues to get my stuff out there now. Yes. So hopefully people can see that and, and really start to, to get into some of that uh, really cool creative stuff that is out there. Yeah, a lot more avenues, a lot more avenues, which is which is really, really great. what you have going on currently um we look at the blues council and uh now steve you're really dialing steve's number when you mention blues that's for sure but i love it as well <laughs> it's great uh the blues council so music wise what do you have going on and what do we have to look forward to here yeah well a handful of things um blues council we just uh wrapped up our first decade we did uh, five records um 
from 09 to 19. And uh, we're talking to Girder Music about uh, possibly uh, doing something with them. With uh, uh, They're carrying some of the Blues Council records. Um, uh, Girder also, uh, Greg Hayes also uh, released my first four records, Kua, No Mystery, you're my road and wear your colors. So we were very excited about that. And, and for me, this is, um, this is 40 years in Christian music in 2022. And I'm wanting to do a, a, a double, double CD compilation, maybe 30 songs that represent those 40 years. So that would be fun. And uh, we'll see how that comes around talking to Girder as well. They're just a great label and so um wonderfully involved with a lot of us that have been doing this for a while and what else i put a book out last year called what are you known for building your legacy one brick at a time and i'm working on a a, a study guide slash devotional for that book now and um yeah just whatever god's got you know i try and i'm very busy happily busy at church uh, counseling and you know, marrying people and doing their celebration of life services and managing the prayer team and celebrate recovery and a, a variety of different things. I love that. But the, my, my writing, whether it's the written word or um, songwriting and recording and playing <clears throat> is still something I'm, I'm trying to stay active in because it's, uh, well, it's a big part of who I am and it's, uh, it's, fuel for me you know yeah well good yeah we and we definitely we we appreciate your heart and rick rickkula.com ladies and gentlemen is where you can go to find out everything he just talked about um and we're excited about that we appreciate your heart your desire for christ and uh greg was the one greg hayes from girder was the one that connected us with you and we all yeah. we do your music very well but yes. greg was the one who told us that you are an absolute incredible guy and oh. you just proved that tonight. So, oh my goodness! I, yeah. I, and I got to say, I, I I was so excited when when we when we when we finally bagged you as as a guest. I was so excited about that. Uh, oh. And I think that's one of the things for for our fans out there. Wildman and I are just a couple of fanboys uh, who who God blessed us to be able to do this podcast because we just love the music and we love everybody. Uh, and I just want to give a huge shout out again to Greg Hayes and Girder. Uh, we love what Girder does. We love their remasters, uh, some of the cool vinyl they're putting out, uh, and the ways that they are really keeping uh, the classic stuff uh, alive and really making it fresh and new for for the new generation. So yeah.
Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you. So before we go, there's just two things I want to focus on here before we end the interview. The first one is, you mentioned earlier at the very outset that um, you would use hashtag Steve for the bench if you get a Wild Man and Steve sticker. So I'm asking you, what would it take for you to send out the hashtag Wild Man 1? Wild Man 1? Yeah, as in winning 1. Yes, Wild Man 1. First of all, you got to understand, I barely know what a hashtag is. Okay? <laughs> so if you email me with instructions, I will do it. All right. There we go. Right. We appreciate that. And, and now it is time for Wild Man's On the Spot segment. This is when I put our guest on the spot with an on the spot question. Here it is for Rick Kua. Mr. Rick Kua. You can only choose one band throughout history that for one night, for one concert, you can replace the lead singer. Who are you choosing? Wow. Well, if I could sing properly and do the job, it would be Steely Dan. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming. Wow, great. That band. Steely Dan. Steely Dan stuff. Oh, just uh, top. we talked about the Beatles in my early life. Mm-hmm. And played a lot of jazz and fusion, and I love all those records and all of that style. Steely Dan, probably the number one uh, on my list for many, many, many years. Yeah, could, could you imagine that, Steve? Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Kua fronting Steely Dan. Kua reeling in the years, man. <laughs> and that's it. I'd have to pick what songs I could sing and which, which ones I'd have to leave. Oh, that would be awesome. Uh, well, hey, this has been great. We want to thank you again for your time, sir. week the dynamic duo returns it was an honor to talk with rick kua he said it best himself the songs he has written aren't just songs they are anthems songs like wear your colors and i can i will are songs about not being ashamed of your faith and not being ashamed to tell others you follow jesus My hope is that none of us fall under the shame category at all. Instead, we are to remember that Jesus said, Whoever disowns me before others, I will disown him before my Father in heaven. This is a powerful truth we we all of us must understand. Let us not permit culture to change what we know to be true. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will see you next time. The Wild Man and Steve Show is now partnering with New Release Today. Find out more about them at newreleasetoday.com. And don't forget to check out our website, where you can also leave us a review at wildmanandsteve.com. Like rock and roll to me.